1: Welcome! It is Haberman of Middlecoff. I'm Guy, that's John, and uh, this is our show, sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka. We are live on YouTube, or on YouTube whenever you want us to be. If you're watching us on YouTube, great! Subscribe to the channel, hit that like button. We appreciate it, half of you watching this or not subscribed. Or, you're listening to this on a podcast. If you haven't, check out the podcast down in the description below. If you're listening to the pod, great to have you in audio. What's up? Que paso? How uh, how, how are you uh, – how have you been following the 49ers uh, quarterback competition of Tuesday, August 1st, John?
2: I don't – I try to stay off the interwebs w- with 49ers stuff during practice because I, I don't – it's just – you know, it can really jade the way you're thinking. Yeah. Uh, the, the updates, credibility of them depending on who you get them from uh, – Listen, I, I I like this guy a lot. Big supporter of him. This is not necessarily uh reaction to anything he tweets, but aren't there rules about tweeting from the practice field? You know,
1: uh, David, Lombardi, David Lombardi sure pushes the envelope. I'll tell you that. You much. mean in terms of,
2: uh, yeah, the, I, the last I heard, I'm, I'm never there for the rules seminar. Again, but, I, I like Lombardi, but it's like I'm watching these. I'm like, they used to not let me tweet. You're tweeting. I remember last year,
1: maybe during OTAs at one time, I wanted to tweet something and I I walked to the fence and like stuck my phone just outside the fence line and hit send. So I don't know if those rules still exist, but, uh, why was he, did he send some, well, uh, Lombardi, he some...
2: I just say, I just say Lombardi's consistently tweeting during practice. Nothing crazy. I mean, I, I, I follow what he tweets. Like I'm, I'm yeah. pro like his information. I feel comfortable, but I just, I always think like, God, you know, for a Stanford guy, he's kind of fucking pushes the envelope.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you're allowed in the window to do it. You just have to not be on the field. So you have to like walk out to the fence line. I think those were the old rules. Again, I'm never
2: there during the seminar. Yeah. I know the times. Yeah. Like I know, like I'll just get one at eleven forty-five. I'm like, this yeah. ain't the window. And he's fucking right, fight rattling off stuff. Yeah. Now maybe a fight breaks out. It's all you know, no holds bar. I don't know.
3: <laughs> maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to uh, check in on that. Wednesday is an off day for the Niners, but uh, Thursday. Did you see the fires in Southern Nevada raging, John, I hope they were able to get those suckers under. I get those flames. Don't want the smoke we getting, up, getting up, getting we up to, uh, it, yeah. what
2: is it? Carson County. What's the County, uh, uh, Nevis. will Clark County will Clark County. Yeah. We got, uh, we, we, got that thing being moved to Levi's written all over it. And Mark Davis, Sharon at stadium with the 49ers. What was supposed to happen years ago, coming to fruition.
1: I saw Greg Papa today. Cause I, I saw him in London. I went on the show and Greg actually Papa said to me, when am I coming back on the podcast? Uh, when are you guys gonna come back? I said anytime. And Is he I going said, to yeah. Vegas? I said you going to Vegas. He said yeah. I said what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm trying to do the show from there, but they're telling me there's no room. You know, like the Raiders trying to keep him out. I don't know. Something to keep an eye on, John.
2: Another. Story. Do we get a Greg Papa Mark Davis on the field? Embrace, hug, short conversation, over under ten minutes interaction. I mean, they spent. They were synonymous with each other, the Davis family, Greg Papa, but the divorce, is it one of those where it's almost like, well, still the mother of my children, right? So you can yeah. work it out or is it one of those shared history, Johnny depth and what's her name? Where you just, once you fucking leave the courtroom, you never look at each other again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's what I, that's, that's where I would lean, but I, I, I feel like Mark, I feel like Mark would talk to him. Uh, here's the other question. Does Mike Shanahan make the trip? Well, that's a, <laughs> that's that's a hell of a. I would imagine no, but but isn't Mark and Mike kind of buddies? Because yeah, Mark I think there's no I don't of the job
1: he's there, right? He try, uh, does, I would if, say yeah. If it's 117 degrees, saw Mike Shanahan today. He did he have, have it? the the suede leather jacket on, shorts, same outfit, deal sleds, looking comfy. Not really deal sleds. I like calling them that, but they're not deal sleds. They're just like
2: slip in loafers. Um, why does a guy who has dyed his hair most of his life, like let's use Coach K as an example, and then they retire from said profession, which I think was a bigger reason probably why they dye their hair. Like I saw a clip the other day. I followed Duke men's basketball on Instagram. And, you know, John Shire's the head coach, and he yeah. rolls out Coach K to give a give a speech to the boys. And it was pretty good. You know, it was like, damn, I'd, I'd be fucking locked in if I was one of the players. Coach K has not even thought for a second to stop dyeing that hair. Yet there had to be a time whenever Shanahan ended in Washington where maybe he a week or a month went by where he's like, fuck it, what, what am I doing this for? And he just clearly has just waved away. He stopped, but he still has a great head of hair. Like, is there... Because there are some people, like, Coach K probably gives more speeches and stuff than Shanahan, right? Is probably just more visible. Like, it'd be a weird zero to 60 change. But I just wonder when there's a time with a professional... Who has gone into their 60s with doing it where they just waved the white flag, yet they're still going to have pictures taken of them, especially a public figure, right?
1: Mike Shanahan's still famous. Yeah, the guy that I think it's maybe a psychological change. We got to get some practice reaction here. <laughs> Steve Levy is the guy that jumps out to me on ESPN. He went from dying it to just one day you looked up and Steve Levy was just white hair. Uh, so he, something happened along the way. Maybe he tried it, was like, God, I still look good, you know? That's the thing. That's yeah. what women always say. It's like you guys, you can just go gray. It still looks good, you know. Especially Mike Shanahan's hair is just. It looks. It's like all white. It looks good. It's you know. Or well, give it's you so an High example. and tight two on the
2: side, That'd be interesting. Greg Pop has great hair, but that's not the natural color of his hair in 2023. I mean, you don't think just, so? Call a spade a spade. I, guy, come on. I know. Something. We should we should get him on the show and ask him. There, there are no men in. I. What do you say? Over fifty that keep the color of your hair
1: my grandfather's hair stayed at at work yeah i mean he got some white but it was he kept his hair color for a long time so it can be done yeah it wasn't fully you know the original color but um we are sponsored by tito's handmade vodka john pull the helmet out tito's handmade vodka this is the good stuff uh Mm -hmm. we love it you love it what better time of year than football season to kick off the return of Tito's here on Haber Middle Cough. It's the good stuff.
2: Yeah, get get on it right now. Have yourself a Tito's and soda, a Tito's and basically anything, and tag us on social media anytime you're drinking Tito's. Obviously it it plays a big role. Come really starts you could argue Friday night of football season, but Saturday, obviously you got all of Sunday. So anytime you're watching college football, hanging out. This month, you're probably still trying to get out to the pool, out to the golf course, whatever. Tag us anywhere you go. I mean, we've got over the years, people with just like jugs on the golf course. <laughs> you know, it's like, I hope you got an Uber home. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen it all. So, uh, so yeah, get on it. Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. The, the handle is hard to beat. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Jello.
1: Uh, on uh, on Twitter, when Tito's is back on the pod, uh, that means I'm back on Tito's. Let's celebrate! So thanks for uh, tagging us on that photo, and um, do the same. Enjoy, uh, enjoy your Tito's, whoever you want to enjoy it. I like the little ginger beer distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, forty percent alcohol by volume, namely eighty proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Get it?
2: All right. What do you want? You want uh, some quarterback I, breakdown today? It it probably makes sense before we dive into the headline uh, article that was written to to dive into the action on the field today.
1: Yeah, let me give you some practice reaction, and then we can talk about that, and then we can get into the Mike Silver article that uh, created a lot of uh, conversation as well. Um, So as you know, John, I've developed my own grading system. The scouts are clamoring. Uh, Guy, Guy teaches how to grade like you grade. Throws above replacement and price of admission throws, but... You don't grow without change. So today, I changed how I'm grading quarterbacks.
2: Don't you run out of room on your board?
1: Uh, I actually gave myself more room today. Okay. And um, I decided to go with a golf scoring system today. Pars, birdies, bogeys. I'm in. Makes sense, right? Yeah. The reason was, throws above replacement, there was
2: like three throws of practice that were above replacement level throws. That so, one-handed uh catch, Ronnie Bell. You yeah, would that be like an eagle of the receiver?
1: Yeah, for the receiver. That's an eagle. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, like that throw, that's a good throw to debate. Like, is that a par or is that a bogey? Like, to me, the guy caught it, so I can't give you a bogey, but it's not a birdie either, right? No. So here are our final scores, and I can tell you some of what I saw today at 49ers practice on Tuesday. Uh Brock Purdy, two under par today. Purdy had some had some pars Purdy had a couple like scramble pars like had to get up and down in other words it was a ball that got caught but it wasn't a great throw but it was you know good enough so we had a couple scramble pars um he had some birdies. is it
2: fair fair to say that we're playing like olympic club and not like Hagen oaks given that we're playing the 49ers defense yeah yeah you are playing a very difficult course
1: (laughs) um but i didn't give out there were no eagles i didn't give out any eagles today those would be like to me a birdie is not a throw above replacement that'd be an eagle throw and uh, there weren't any eagle throws today. Um, Brock had uh, a really nice throw on a line to Debo. Like the Debo throw, any quarterback struggling, you dial up the Debo coming across the field 20 yards down the field and just put that sucker on a line, and he did a really nice job of it. Brock did. Um, didn't, uh, didn't
2: use check, and RG3 in that podcast say that's like the go-to Shanahan pass go-to. play when they need it. Yep, uh, And it's true. Uh, So we had that throw. He had a really nice throw and Brock's been
1: good about this. He's done this a couple times, kind of to layer it over the linebacker throw to hit Kittle over the middle. This time it was along the side over Fred Warner. Like you get, you know, that that's what it looks like when you do it over Fred Warner. So that was a good throw, had several pars, a par uh, to Iuke over the middle, a par throw to Kittle got broken up, but there was a penalty flag on the play. So giving him a par had a, Uh, Like a scramble par. Debo quick screen, little high, but Debo went up and got it. You know, is when Jimmy used to throw that. We call that a hospital ball, Um, but it was catchable. Did
2: did Hockey Lee throw the flag, or was that? Did he leave? Uh,
1: uh, No hockey. No no Hockey Lee today. I don't even know. These might be Mountain West. I don't know who's throwing. I don't know which who these refs are out there. Um, but uh, yeah, and then in red zone, he had a he had a par touchdown throw to Debo. He had a nice – he had a birdie in the red zone. Um, I think he had our only red zone birdie today. Brock did. Might have gotten sacked, but got it out to Jennings over the top in the corner. Don't try me with a sorry-ass receiver like Crabtree, like that type of throw. The DB wasn't quite as close, though. But it was a really nice throw, and um, Brock Purdy was uh, was 2-under today. He had a really bad bogey, though. A bad bogey. Um, Rolling to his right. Flush from the pocket, okay? McCaffrey scramble drill, but running not up the field, across the field the other direction. That means that Brock throws it across his body towards the middle of the field. So it's like a 40 yard throw. No, 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 no. Not when I say, sorry, scramble drill is probably the wrong vi- visual for you. He's just now, he is just running, but he's not going down the field, he's coming across the field. Like five yards down the line of scrimmage. Okay. So he's not very, but
2: but Purdy's running too, right? Purdy is running to
1: his right, to his right. (laughs) McCaffrey's running parallel to the line of scrimmage, the other direction. So this is going to be a very difficult angle. Purdy goes across his body, over the middle. Marcelino McCrary ball, who can run right on Purdy, right on McCaffrey's hip. Drops at what was an easy interception, so bad bogey. And Brock throws some bogey. Brock Brock's I'll say this: Brock's bogeys are interceptions. Trey's bogeys are like, how did you just miss that throw over the flat? Right. So they're yeah they're both bad.
3: In Um, in
2: a game in a game, let's say they're playing Bobby Wagner or someone legit. Is that a pick six if he catches it, or does McCaffrey catch uh, tackle him probably right there?
1: Uh, no. McCaffrey's going the other direction. So. That's either a pick six or like Jalen Moore's got to make a play. Colton McKivitz has got to make a tackle. Brock is in chase mode.
2: So there's a very good chance it's depending on where you're on the field. Like if you're only, he only has to go 20, 30 yards. He's walking in the end zone.
1: And and it's a, it's a, it's a high risk, low upside throw. I mean, we're talking about, you know, it's just, just run, get the four yards. And uh, sometimes you got
2: to live dangerously, guy. I mean, it's,
1: uh, two under par for Brock. Uh, Trey Lance today. One or two over par, there's a scoring decision that we probably still have to make. Um, the the, the uh, first snap of first team for Trey today, the throw that Trey Lance misses the most consistently is the roll to his right, throw in the flat to his right. That is by far for all four of these quarterbacks. That throw and Brandon Allen throwing down the field feel like the throws that get missed the most. But
2: Trey does hit the throw,
1: but he is now, by my count, in the last three practices that that I've attended, missed that throw four times, twice in one practice. Can
2: you describe me the play?
1: So it is Trey Lance takes the snap.
2: Play action
1: turns and rolls right. Okay, So it's not flush from the pocket. He's just rolling right. The tight end is also running out to the right in the flat. So this should be just a pitch-and-catch throw.
2: Right. Would you consider this a layup throw I in the NFL? I would
1: consider this a layup throw in, in the NFL. Yes. And he threw it over Kittle's head uncatchable. He's twice in the last several days thrown it over Braden Willis's head, who's tall, uncatchable, uh, and once threw it in the ground to, to a running back. So he has consistently now I'm not saying sometimes that might be the third read. In this case, it was part of the play and it was just a miss. So that Guy was a wide up.
2: Kittle wide open
1: on the play. Yeah. Fair open fairly yes, open open no. um so that was a bogey borderline like i don't know if that's a double bogey it might be but it's it's a bogey in one-on-one drills today uh debo does not win on goal balls frequently but he had um deshaun jameson beat down the sideline rookie undrafted from texas and uh i my- love jenny camp
2: the names like who you're playing against
1: And uh, Trey Lance wobbled it short, so he he doesn't. He's thrown a lot of spirals. This would have been a perfect time for a deep spiral. You just don't get that many chances with that one, and um, that was a bad. That was a bad throw. So those were his couple of bogeys for Trey Lance today. He threw a birdie throw to Brandon Ayuk over the middle that was gorgeous. And you can just—I've said it yesterday. I'll say it again. When Trey throws that ball over the middle, Darnold the same. It's just at a different speed than the ball that. Um Brock throws. And and this throw was Ayuk towards the sideline, right in the chest, defender right on him. Uh, it was it was um uh twenty, Ambry Thomas right on Ayuk's back. And I think because of the velocity of the throw, it got to him and Ayuk was able to make the catch. So it was a really like that was a talent throw and an accurate throw from Trey. Yes.
2: can we go back to the the throw that you talked about that he's missed now several times in yeah. different iterations whether yeah. it's on the feet or over the head my, my infamous tweet in Grant Coneland that pissed everyone off thinking that I'm being mean to Trey just like a lot Barstool had a tweet today of Trey Lance overthrowing someone right <laughs> it just the equipment guy. Gets, I saw that what pe- was that pe- pe- from? Pe- pe- I think the other day people people okay. think he gets picked on, right? Yeah. 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 And and my, my my tweet symbolized was I just used the word wheel route about four Tino's in, was symbolizing just basic throws. It wasn't every wheel route he throws. It's just in this offense specifically, right? There are the majority of pass plays are closer to layups than they are Mahomes, Farvian crazy place right that's the way the offense works the play you're describing you don't you could talk to any 49er fan that has watched this team the last of the Kyle Shanahan era they don't know play calls like they don't know the verbiage or whatever it doesn't you know what the plays look like the play action rolls the dump offs like I would call it the core tenets of the offense like what it's the, the the ethos, the philosophy are those plays. So what I was saying was when you can't complete or the coach feel confident that you complete it, the other stuff, which clearly has some physical capabilities to do, you're dead to him before, right? Because he's not he's not the type coach where that I would say that that mid nineties Packer version just saw that and it just Change their course, right? They, what they kind of looked for, the Mariucci's, obviously the Andes, what they like. The, the Shanahans are kind of the opposite. And it's why McVay feel like he went a little rogue with, with Stafford. It's like Jared Goff's kind of what they want. But Shanahan, like that, being able to function with that play, he has to feel, it's like a Shaq layup. Like you got to shoot like 90%, right? And then the other stuff, like I'm, I understand 55 percent completion percentage on intermediate 40 on deep balls like i i think most coaches are cool with that right i think Kyle would be the first to tell you that jimmy ball to emmanuel sanders like everyone still talks about all these years later is not a high percentage throw for most quarterbacks no right so but it's i bet he would say there's so many other throws if we went back and looked at i'm just talking about that super bowl probably some misses that like we have to hit that like this has to happen right? well, i i had
1: a nfl uh past game coordinator tell me the other day that I guess there was a, there's a famous shot of Kittle wide open and Jimmy doesn't hit him. And that that was a play that angered Kyle a lot because Kyle told him before the play Kittle it's Kittle
2: on this play, basically like Kittle's the first read on this play. And that's also what I'm talking about. It's not even just that, like the core philosophy of the offense is a lot of to go back with uh, uh, Tom Coughlin, the nakeds, the nudes, obviously the movement stuff. But it is like clearly coached up. It's going to be play action. This guy, about 99% of the time, is going to be, if not wide open, open enough, you fucking throw him the ball. Right? That's a huge part of the offense. And it's like, I, I think Kyle, part of the reason he runs hot, I think because he's like, and I've seen it with Andy, even though his personality is different, I sleep like four hours a night during the season, during game plan weeks on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, developing these things. It's not like I'm just pissed off to be pissed off. Like, do you understand? I don't see Carter during the week. I don't go home and eat dinner with my family. It's, 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 it's because I'm watching this shit. And, but luckily, like for you, if you just listen to me, you're going to be sweet. Everyone's going to be giving you a reach around you're going to get paid a lot of money. If you could just do, if Jimmy could have just done what he was told him to do, Jimmy would have been a fucking star. Right? <laughs> like, and 10 stay more healthy, touchdowns yeah. a year. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, he was already a star, and he couldn't stay healthy. Like, Just name recognition. If he just would have been able to do 15% more of what decent players were able to do, his numbers would have been infinitely better. And instead of signing a $33 million contract, he would have signed the better version of, like, Derek Carr's contract. But he wasn't physically capable. So he's just an inaccurate player?
1: Right? Well, um, no, I'm just saying, like, I think Jimmy was not physically capable of doing some of the stuff.
2: But he would even, like the stuff we're talking about with Trey, just, miss some of those plays as yes, well. He would.
1: Right? Yes, he would. Remember the right? throw to – I mean, speaking of missed wheel routes. Kittle in the Titans game.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Kittle in the Titans game. There's been use check throws. I mean, there's – Sorry, I meant use check in the Titans game. But I think there's definitely been some Kittle ones too where he's yeah. wide open. and And anyone that stood around Kittle, clearly he's not – six feet tall he's not i wouldn't call him six six but he's he's got a wide catching radius so this is like the the crux of it all and this is where there's no conversation like why why does one guy because i see it on the internet guy i i do the the people don't understand why it's not like even a fair fight with the purdy tray like the and the, the reps say it all. Like, one guy is just the starter. He's treated yeah, but no keep in mind, leader. like,
1: I think part of that argument that you're react that you talking about, part of it comes from, and you said this yesterday, Brock is the starting quarterback not based on three days of practice. Brock's the starting quarterback based on leading the team, being the quarterback of the team very efficiently, the quarterback of the team that went to the NFC Championship game, right? That's why Brock Purdy is the starting quarterback of the 49ers. And even making plays above that. Right, I'm just saying like what he did on the field in 2022 is the reason he's the starting quarterback. It has nothing to do with how was he in practice today versus Trey versus Sam.
0: Yeah.
2: Nothing. Th- those games last year from whatever date Jimmy's that Miami game till the the shoulder got ripped or the elbow. That yeah. that's the reason. Now, I will say that can that equity
1: goes away really quickly once you start playing games if you're not the same player. Like to me it's 50-50 even if he's healthy that You know, let's say Brock's the starting. I mean, obviously Brock's the starting quarterback. To me, there's a 50-50 shot that even with Brock healthy, somebody else takes a snap for the 49ers this year. Well, for sure. I was like, well, he's not playing well today. Let's try one of these other guys.
2: I I, I was having the thought last night doing the dishes. No big deal. That Steelers week one. Their defense is going to be legit. Did you get between the what, little forks. I mean, that's where I get into trouble is between the little forks. I, I I get it. All. I've really mastered it uh to not get yelled at consistently. So average dishwasher. Right. What if it's they, they could easily lose week Below average right? dishwasher gets fired though, which isn't the worst thing. For sure. You're for. I'll do a lot of I'll go walk the dog. You clean the dishes. That like week one's going to be like he could just look average week one and they could lose 20 to 13. Now they better right? block TJ Watt. Off that front side, well, yeah. Didn't they just lose a tackle today? But my, my point is, like, it's very conceivable. I.e., last year they went whatever thirteen and five. That's too many games. Thirteen and four. They lost week one, and this opponent's way better on the road. That place is going to be going fucking bananas, right? Rookie left tackle I mean, get Bosa there for the game. I think they'll be okay. But you know what I mean, like it's, I do. it's not. Yeah. It is. It's a very conceivable loss. If I tell you that they win 12 games a season and one of the games, if you didn't know the order of the season, they lost on the road at Pittsburgh in a tight battle. Like that's not, that's not a bad loss. Yeah. I'll tell you this. They will have a, if they lose week one to Pittsburgh, they will have a worse loss during the season to a team that's not making the playoffs. That's a lock. But that feeling of being at week one—once you're like week eight—you got more context or whatever. Week one, we know it's just—you talk about overreaction. Mm-hmm. It is this training camp on steroids. Yeah. Right. Yep. There is—I no, would say there's no reaction to a game during a season quite like week one, just because there's so much unknown still. Yet that you game get those is stats, feels like
1: uh, only a. Uh, uh 48% of teams go from 0 and 1 to the playoffs. You know, you start then the you get like the one and two stat and you get you can get behind the eight ball real quick.
2: Then you start going, well, they got a Thursday game in a week and a half. Like this, they've got to win now. It's must win week two. He yeah. already, you know, <laughs> it gets weird fast.
1: Uh where did I leave off with Trey? Um, did I leave off? He had a par throw. He had a he had he had a par throw Coletto touchdown. I might have mentioned that already. Uh Bogey, 82 behind on the goal line. He must have... I, I don't think they're... Who's 82? I must Is it Dwelly? Reading. Is he still around? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It was Dwelly. Threw it behind him.
3: <laughs> Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off
2: Uh who's the, right. number two ty- who's the number 2 tight end right now, would you say? Charlie Warner? I don't know. But it's so, so they don't really feel like good about. They just got about like I don't think it's one of the rookies. Them. It's not the Alabama kid.
1: I don't think so. Cameron Latu?
2: Um there was one other point I was going to make on these before. I, I mean move shit on. Kyle's been playing with Dwelly. it feels like since like 10 years. I mean, I just I know. I'll be on the team forever. Um all right. So I gave. Uh, so Brock was two under par today.
1: Trey was one or two over par today. Sam Darnold two over par today. Um, and I saw somebody in the comments. Yeah, I I am watching team. That's where you get people's numbers. I'm also watching one on ones. Generally, the only thing that'll stand out to me in one on ones is like a, a a collective. Did you just make all the throws? And if you missed a throw, was it bad? I mean, the receiver is it's built to to win that drill. Um, But, you know, if you it's it's pretty simple, like if you have a bad throw in one versus ones like they're going to they're going to watch the tape like that mattered. And um, especially if you're, you know, got a deep throw open, the Niners just are not hitting that throw as a team collectively. I have a take on that in a second. But
2: anyway, um, I I would say my take on one on ones in general would be one on ones wide receivers. DB heavily skews toward the wide receiver because the DB has help in real life and those guys don't exist. The one-on-ones, D-line, O-line, heavily skews to the D-line because you're never just – there's no one chipping. There's no guard. If you're an inside rusher, it's just the one guy. That, that's not the way football is played. So D-line, heavy advantage. Wide receiver, heavy advantage. I mean, heavy we're advantage. talking like 70-30 skew, not yeah. not close to being 50-50. And I think the DBs have actually done pretty good in that drill. Uh, before I move on, I'm going to
1: hold some comments to get to, but I'll address this in the moment. Marie says two for six and two over par. You're not serious. Five question marks. Um, I do not look at the overall numbers that everyone tweets out until I've kind of gone through and added this up because I don't want it to skew what I thought. Keep in mind, uh, you can have two, you know, if you have a bad miss, it's a bad miss. So I don't know if two of six, I don't even know who two of six is referring to because I didn't look at the numbers today. Sa-
2: that, that's the Sam Darnold. That's, that's classic. Okay. Like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, let me go through Darnold here and I'll tell you what happened. He had a, uh, a bogey on a, on a red zone. Should have been an interception. He had a par on an easy throw to Debo. He had a par to 86 in the flat. Um, Tay Martin, which was a completion. Um, the Debo throw was perfect. I gave him a par in one-on-one on a Ray-Ray ball. And he got a bogey on a, on a, on a really bad throw to McCaffrey. Five yards in front. McCaffrey just turns around, sits down, and he short-hopped it badly. That was Darnold. So Can you do one of these, uh, heart. I did not see. I, I did not catch if he did, but but um, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know what to tell you uh, other than I don't. I go about the. I grade each throw, and I don't look at the numbers. Was it? So some of these are no plays. Like some of these, Darnold had a. Um, you know, if there's a, a a flag on the play, then I'm just looking at the ball placement. Like, did he give his guy a shot? Some of these are. I thought the guy was sacked. It's a no throw, you know. So, um, anyway,
2: you're coming away from practice. Purdy's in his own world because he's a starter. The backup job. Do we have a winner and a loser? Like, how how would you grade winner, loser, push? How do you view it? Brandon Allen was three under par today, John. (laughs) There's a lot of buzz that he dominated in the red zone, but yeah, not 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 counting him. I'm just saying Trey and Sam. He had he had a really nice birdie throw on a sack.
1: He had a really nice Iyuk throw to the sideline. Um, he had a sack of, on a par throw to Debo. So that is to say, if this was was he really if they're all playing the same courts, would he have been better than all of them? I don't think so. But you know that's how it worked out today.
2: I'm talking Darnold and Trey. Like who had the better day in your eyes? Um,
1: I I thought they or, were, I thought today was a was an equal
2: day. See, so not great. See, but when you just see the the, the stat loggers, what, what were the stats? This, well, I think two of six and six of eight, I think was the difference. And two of six of eight, Trey. Right? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Darnold's oh, well. two of six was definitely making its rounds on the yeah. uh, on the interweb. So when you people see that, oh, he sucks. He's terrible. Win for Trey. That's not the way you, you know, Scott Haberman views it. Ernest What's says, I like,
1: you talking plain English instead of golf. Well, plain English is the numbers. Or me just describing every play to you, which I do, and then you trying to remember who had more good ones, and who had more bad ones. The reason I'm doing it this way is because I don't think the numbers say the whole thing. It's, it, it's the, the numbers are so irrelevant to me. When it's well, six
2: throw, they're row. irrelevant to the coaches, guy. The coaches are not just going off; they don't give a fuck. They really don't. I'm telling you, they do not care. I'm glad you've been in the room, so I'm glad to hear you say that. When, when it looks like that, I'm just saying every week or if every day, you're two of ten. Obviously, it's a disaster, but. On a given day, you can have the quote unquote numbers circulate in the internet. And Kyle has said this for years. Like, I, I don't know. We're not always on the same page, guys.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: right. Uh, Brandon says, shouldn't interceptions be way worse? Yeah, I just debuted the system today.
1: Maybe I should double bogey it for, but keep in mind, none of them actually caught the ball. Um, but yeah, maybe we go a double bogey on a pick. But again, to me, it's dependent on what happened on the play. It's not as simple as it was an interception all interceptions are double bogey. So, you know, I'm, I'm uh this system is figuring as we go, we don't harp on completion percentage. when it, I'm, I have not talked about completion percentage once this entire, I never talk about it when it comes to these practice, six throws, don't do it. It's why I thought golf would be better because golf, you can just have regular throws that still get graded.
2: You can have good ones and you can have bad ones. That's a good way to know. So anyway, um, I, I do think, and I, I feel good I, I, about this, every day that Sam Darnold is not clearly holding his own and more than holding his own. He's been better in a lot of practices. Like, he's the backup quarterback. I just I feel pretty confident about saying that. I'm I'm not going to budge. And this is not – my opinions are based on Kyle's actions and, and the 49ers' actions. Just like last year, my takes – I don't just pull things out of my ass. People think I'm being mean, like – why did they re-sign Jimmy last year? And we've ta- we were talking about this last year. The team wanted it, a.k.a. the star players, and the coach wanted it. And Jimmy had nowhere to go. <laughs> so it just worked out. But this is not like, everyone's been against Trey. Y- you mean the team? The coach who... It'd be one thing, too, if like they had a CEO head coach. Head coach is kind of important to the whole offense, right? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a unique spot for the, the guy at the top of the food chain we're not talking about John Harbaugh here making like organizational decisions. Like this right. is the guy that's calling the fucking play for the guy to pull the trigger. So he's, I would say he has like a, any play caller. That's also the head coach, kind of a unique perspective on it. Probably different from a Tomlin, from a Harbaugh, even a lot of the defensive coaches, right? And maybe that also means blind spots. And for sure. I'm not saying this is going to be right. He goes with Sam Donald Purdy gets hurt and Sam's not good and they have cut or traded, or Trey's not around, let's say, it, it take a lot of heat. It's part of being the fucking lead dog and the decision maker. Anyone can make a suge- suggestion. There's not a lot of people in any business, in any situation that make decisions, right? So I like, fuck, look at your own personal relationships. You just look at you, What should we eat tonight? What should we eat tonight? No one wants to make a decision. It's, imagine decisions that actually matter. Like, who should we cut? And there are a lot of, you know, ultimate decisions that happen this month where a month or two later, you're like, God, we probably should have kept that guy. But at the time, it's like backup O-linemen, we'll keep a number, and that guy goes on to be a starter on another team, right? It's Those don't sink you. But there is a decision that's coming here that is going to be, I would say it's up near the top of the league of the one that's going to be watched, just given like, 100%. Once it's named, once it's officially named who the backup quarterback is, it's going to yeah. be uh, one of the biggest stories in the NFL, would you say? Especially if Trey Lance is the third quarterback.
1: Um, you know, I got to think through all the training camp stories,
3: but it's no, not, non, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, not, not injuries. Yeah. No, no. I, in terms of just like storylines that everybody's following. I mean, the whole summer was just this. <laughs> so I know that it gets clicks for NFL.com and ESPN and everybody. It works,
2: but, but also it's because- also a real story yeah it's a real like i think that a lot Storm of times of the three like, best
1: teams in the nfc i mean
2: yeah sometimes like they're i i hate like fake drama and then there's like jim ursay and jonathan taylor like talking shit to each other like that's a real story right Yeah. yeah. <laughs> i mean it's th- this is a real story that you know like some of the nba stuff it's like is this even fucking real like what's even going this is no he just said if i die we're not trading this guy and the other guy's like i want to trade like this isn't fake drama in Indy. Like, then I saw today a clip. He's walking around. He's not even at practice. He's just in, in in a T-shirt. Same thing here, right? I mean, you got guys battling, but some people like myself don't feel like it's a true battle. It's rigged.
1: Uh, let me get to a couple of reactions here, John. Uh, Lotus says Grant Cohn said Purdy looked bad today. Others said he looked the best today, LOL. I thought he was fine today. I don't think it was great today. Um, and again, part of it was his decision on the near interception was a bad decision. His screen ball to Debo was caught but high, but he made some other really good throws. And again, here's the other caveat that it's uh, he had one great throw to Jennings. Like I said, he probably gets hit on the play, so you, you know it's. And then there are several scrambles. I just throw scrambles out. I Kyle's going to think you should have had that guy or you should have done that. I I'd be lying on a scramble if especially from field level, if I know what his read was and who was open, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, Millhouse gave us 20 bucks. We're going to split that evenly after Google gets its cut. So thank you. Uh, so let's see if this works. Thank you for the hours of entertainment you all provided back at that poop-tier radio station when I used to drive eight-plus hours a day for a road sales gig. Love the pod.
2: Thanks, Millhouse. Appreciate you.
1: Oh, gee. Bruce says uh, Brock throws the same bad picks on the same plays that Jimmy did. He just had better interception luck last season. Also threw a lot more touchdowns. Also threw a lot of touchdowns. I think that is kind of something to watch, though. The playmaker gene. Like, here's a comment from Todd. That's the type of play that drove Iowa State fans nuts.
2: The difference is the Niners are a lot better than Iowa State in terms of the rest of their team, so it's easier for them to overcome it. I also got news for you, like a lot of the top quarterbacks, you know, Josh Allen, who's viewed as an elite player, throwing 14 picks. Like, you're not going to get six, seven picks. This is not how the guy's going to play. Well, I can live with 13, 14 picks if you throw 35 touchdowns. Right. Right. Or slash manipulated through your running offense as well. The Niners are unique. Like If they're scoring a lot of touchdowns and averaging, I would say the top five or six points per game, I, you can live with some interceptions, especially factoring in your defense is just, even through right some injuries along the way, which are inevitable, it's still going to be pretty good. Because wouldn't you say just the depth of the Niners' defense is pretty good? Lineback- the front seven's damn good. Most teams' DBs are Yeah,
1: yeah are I mean, not- I don't think they need to go sign. They just signed Taco Charlton. I don't think uh, they need to go spend $4 million on some pass rusher. Uh, did but- they? No. Um, But, you know, there are the uh, uh, there are some name brand kind of pass rushers that have been out there over the last several months. And, um, you know, I've thought that they they have enough depth, although I was talking to Larry Kruger. He's like, you know, just think about them the last several years, the Amenahus of of the world. Like they did get a lot of production from several pass rushers over the last couple of years. You can't be too deep at that position was the argument. So I, I understand that. But, yeah, I'm with you. I mean. Well, they I'll tell you this,
2: like a, a Taco Charlton signing, I would guess, I don't have inside information on this, a lot of it is based on they give veteran days off, let's say right now to Eric Armstead, right? He's not going to be in every single practice. They're missing a defensive lineman in Nick Bosa. The pads come on that you just need a body. Like I, I would imagine just from a repetition standpoint, it just you need like you, you see a lot of if you just like scroll Roto World or Pro Football Talk, X player gets signed and sometimes like Taco former high pick that you kind of know the name. It's not it, kind of can we get a look? I mean it's the business you're in, but also we just our guys are gassed, especially what the Forty ers ask. You're missing a couple bodies. You got a you got a day off coming for this guy. It's just it's a numbers game.
1: Physicality of next week. I don't, um, yeah, physicality of next week. So you don't think yeah. they, I looked back, Taco got drafted two spots ahead of Ruben Foster. So they might
2: have liked him. I, I'm pretty sure Taco got drafted ahead of TJ Watt, too. Taco was like 20, 24. Yeah. Well, what was Ruben?
1: 28. Oh, uh, was he?
2: Yeah. I think, he, I think it was a couple more spots.
1: As you're looking, I'll read you one more from HR says USC QBs are trash. You know, I was talking to a buddy today who knows USC quarterbacks really well. And um, he said the one thing people kind of forget is that and once he said this, it kind of clicked. You know, Sam Darnold is not really USC kind of on brand quarterback, you know, like he's not that he's not going on TV when his career he's not Sanchez or Liner, and that like his dad was a although I mean Sanchez was the same I guess right Sanchez he's blue call, Sanchez's dad was blue collar yeah Darnold's dad was like a I think a janitor but Sam is le, is more low-key I think than what the perception of like a USC quarterback is
2: well you look at his best friend is Josh Allen Valley guy Josh is pretty famous now but I would say he's pretty low-key too He's yeah. kind of a lower profile, though. Although I, I did rumors see her actress. Yeah, he broke up with the girl who broke up with her fiancé. Well, the one thing that I heard through the grapevines of some Valley people, there was not trying to get involved in other people's relationship, but a mandate on some marriage yeah, and a I, ring. Yeah, understandable. And it's like, I'm focusing on, you know, you see what Burl and Holmes are doing? It. We're 27 years old. Like, what the fuck? Take a deep breath. Life's pretty good let's both play the field and see how it goes. She's a beautiful yeah. girl. Yeah. The he, Fresno State ex-girlfriend. Tough,
1: tough to go do or die. <laughs>
2: $40 million a year early star early, quarterback. Early prime QB. <laughs> you know, Mahomes' wife was on to something. You know, you get that, you just you lock it up. Uh,
1: Sox Nation says, I feel like you guys are forgetting that when Purdy starts games, Lance will definitely come run RPO. Lance definitely not getting third string. Or conversation had with greg papa today you just carry three you carry three not emergency quarterback three active roster three and you use trey in that capacity you could kyle's history does not suggest he enjoys doing that remember kyle did it and he hated it he felt like it fucked up his rhythm they did it on the goal line he didn't like it jimmy didn't like it they don't like a good guy he's not a good good enough runner well then there's that yeah good point
2: if the guy was Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, hell, Tyler Huntley, someone more confident running against NFL players, would be yeah. He is not Jalen Hurts. Of all the quote unquote running quarterbacks, because I would say people consider Trey a casual does right a running quarterback. He's got to be the worst running quarterback in the NFL. Casual, easily. I mean, and I think there's a gap. Like every guy you name that can run, you go got it. Makes you a little nervous when they run. I. I <laughs> Do you think Trey would make defensive coordinators (laughs) nervous? I was thinking about this too today. If you I think the Niners, I haven't checked recently, but it opened up as like a three point favorite. And this was like in the offseason when the schedule came out. The Niners are a three point favorite on the road against the Steelers, right? So I remember reading an article like that reflects and represents just the respect that Shanahan and the team gets, even though the quarterback situation, this at the time people didn't even know about Purdy's elbow. If Trey Lance was the starter, like if they just named to tomorrow, Trey Lance the starter, I think that line would move. And I don't think it would be a guarantee that the Niners would be favored in the game. I think they still would be
1: because everything uh, you just said still holds. It's Kyle. It's a good defense against Kenny Pickett. But
2: like, I think, but I think part of it start. is assuming that the, the Brock Purdy that we saw play in those games is going to be the starter in that favored game. The Niners are better than the Steelers. Yeah. I think it changes dramatically just because the offense has proven in it's small sample size has been fucking very hit or miss when the other guy's been the quarterback.
1: Yeah, small sample size. I I I just me watching them like Trey does miss those basic throws and um that hurts like especially like when you when you're winning when you're playing playoff games and small marching games etc. I do think Trey would have a high enough ceiling. Sorry. A high enough floor for them to win a fair amount of football games with him as their quarterback.
3: then
2: that is that, mostly That's Kylo- that's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking against the Steelers no, I who I think could be a playoff team. I'm just giving you one.
1: just made me think of like However this and but I think that about Purdy. I think that about Darnold too. You
2: know. So um who who would you if you had to bet money on 17 games they were going to stay healthy. The Niners will win more games with right now. Darnold or Lant. That's really I've seen
1: Sam play regular season football games. It's not playoff football. It hasn't been. You know. Um but I think they would pick Sam. Well, I think they're going to pick Sam. Yeah. They would pick Sam. I don't know. I mean, I I I for for dealing in the reality of what is with Brock and the reality of where Trey is with Sam, I also am not in the camp of having Given, even as I've seen some of these bad misses from Trey, but they all have bad misses. I am not in the camp of having given up on the possibility that Trey
2: Lance can play NFL football.
1: I have not, and it's why I would pick Trey over Brandon Allen because that's another story, but which we can get to.
2: What would Mike Silver do?
1: Uh, you want Mike? So I got some other camp takes. You want? Let's go to Mike Silver. Let's talk about this. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll give you some other non-quarterback uh, reactions. Um, what'd you think of this? 49ers quarterback challenge. Pick the best three, even if that forces Trey Lance out, writes Mike Silver of the Chronicle. Um, Put it all together along with some interesting comments from Shanahan to me and in news conferences, and it creates a question. So so he talked to Kyle, non-news conference. Will Lance be on the roster when the 49ers open the season? I know this might sound like blasphemy, given the draft capital, um... The person whose opinion matters most, Shanahan, is telling us with words and actions that he believes all four on the 90 man are good enough to stick around when it comes time to reduce to 53. If Shanahan decides the three quarterbacks who give the win now, Niners, the best chance to do so are Purdy, Darnold, Allen. That I have some small advice. Just do it. Take the heat, move on, and don't look back. In other words, move on from Trey.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think. <clears throat> coming into this camp and even the way it's played out, it is on the table with him not being on this team come week one. And I think it's more, I they would be able to find a trade. Now they would have to eat some money. <laughs> I would imagine to get a fifth round pick. I think he wrote the best thing they had in the offseason was a fifth round pick, but you would, if you were cool with cutting him, you would just trade him for the fifth round pick to get something. But again, I'm sure they'd have to eat some money to facilitate that trade. But it's all on the table, and anyone that doesn't think it is is a fucking idiot and doesn't get it. Mike Silver's been covering the league for thirty years. Talks to these people. I mean, the amount of people that think they know that have never talked to one person that works in the NFL, or is—it's just—it's laughable. And I get it. Emotions are high. And listen, I'm pro fan, like having some crazy takes. But like these aren't. This is not some blogger that doesn't know anyone writing some controversial article to get some clicks. This is someone that has known his father since the early '90s, and Mike I've Chandler. said this over. I've said this over and over. Like Mike Silver, I would put his rolodex of people in the NFL would be underrated. I would say it's closer to like Adam Schefter than anyone would imagine. Just it's his personality. One, he's just he's he just. I don't know. He's got something that ingratiates himself. I saw it when I was in Philly when I first met him. He got my number on the sideline. Now, part of it was we both lived in, you know, I grew up in Davis. He lived in Davis, still does. But he could just, from Howie to the other coaches, the assistant, he just fucking knows them all. Like, he's not making this stuff up. These, and I'm not saying this is not like maybe a theory of his, but he knows what he's doing. He, and, 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 and he's coming from a place of an educated guess, I would say, or an educated take. And this is what the best in the business do, whether it's Dan Patrick, Colin Coward, when they have a quote unquote strong, they're not just making it up. They're not necessarily I'm not saying they're always right, but they're basing it on people telling them stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a strong reaction to whether or not Brandon Allen's better than Trey Lance. And after watching practice, I'm here to tell you, I don't think Brandon Allen is better than Trey Lance. But part of what Mike Silver is writing is it is a and you and I've talked about this. This part's not breaking news. It's a sli- there is a whole scale of what is your value, how much you're going to cost us, what do we invest in our third quarterback, right? Maybe the third quarterback battle doesn't come down to which guy is actually a better player or has a higher ceiling. I would keep Trey Lance over Brandon Allen. A lot of people say they would. That's not necessarily what Mike's saying. Mike Silver, part I think the relevant part. This is what you're talking about here. This whole article exists because. He he has the information that tells him this is a real possibility, which you and I have been talking about since before he wrote this article. This is not new news. But, right? but this
2: is where you don't need to know anyone in the NFL. If you are older than 25 years old and you have been following sports and you are just a diehard fan, if you can't put the piece of the puzzle of what is just on the table, not what's going to happen because no one truly knows besides maybe Kyle and Lynch already have their mind made up. But if you can't see the three different avenues potentially you're a fucking slapdick sports fan. Like before I ever worked in sports, when I was in high school, I would have been able to see some of the different outcomes. Not that I would, maybe I would have been on the side of this is crazy, but it's clear that this is a possibility. Well, why, why are this- they keeping Brandon Allen around? If it's not a possibility, you could argue just for injury prevent,
1: as long as he's here, we don't get rid of anybody until we have to. And that's a legitimate answer, right?
3: Well, but guy, the this other
1: possibility is that you might need him. But let's,
2: you keep them around because you might need them. Which would be insane. And like that would, if they get down to three quarterbacks again, let's just say hypothetically, they got rid of Trey and had three quarterbacks and Brandon Allen played because there were injuries. Like this is just, they're a part of the craziest thing in the history of the league. The quarterbacks keep dropping like flies. They've had 17 quarterback injuries in five yeah, yeah. years. It'll be, which would be like, you just fire the doctors again because a rich tradition of quarterback. <laughs> uh, I, I would say this, this is not Madden or fantasy football. And if the guy is your third string quarterback, even if he is more physically gifted, younger, more upside, which is not debatable, that there is an economics, economical element to he makes nine million dollars. And I don't care. You hear this a lot in the NBA. The cap's going up. Get used to these big salaries. Well, yeah, if you're gonna pay Jalen Brown $70 million a year, you're just not gonna win a championship. That's a fact. You know, there's always comes a line, whether it's 10 million, whether in the NBA it's 50 million. Like there are better contracts than others. And I just don't think you can have your third quarterback making that much money because it enables you to do other things. What if you need said player midseason and you that five million dollars of space, even if you had to eat four million of it? enables you to trade for this year's version of Von Miller or Christian McCaffrey. Like, like they're going to be into making moves, right? This is, you have to view the Niners, and they've proven this now, I would say, with John and Kyle, closer to Belichick, just in terms of, like, they've been cutthroat. They've done some on both ends, right? They've gotten rid of Buckner. Like, the way that they were ready to get rid of Jimmy and then bring him back. Like, they'll do crazy... Things that don't parallel other organizations, but they'll also like midseason trade for a couple years ago was Emmanuel Sanders. Last year was the Christian McCaffrey. They are not afraid to do things that'll just like whoa, right? When you say that's been a pretty consistent theme with them,
1: yeah, yeah, and they they don't if they chase a sunk cost, it's not because of the invested right. Like they didn't keep Jalen Hurt around because they felt like ah oh, we should we drafted him highly. They just kept him around because they kept hoping he would be healthy and they still believed in him, right?
2: The the other variable here is as long as Trey's on the team, and especially if he's the third quarterback, he still is like there's an elephant in the room of a conversation about people constantly kind of asking about him. It's just a story that you can remove. And that, that yeah. is a football element of removing stories. You, you and I disagree on this, the Jimmy thing last year. Coaches just do not. Now, like Jimmy, same thing with Trey. I think internally, maybe it's no issue to them and they don't really care. So Belichick historically removes those things. Maybe don't Kyle's they, a little less likely.
1: I, I think the way Kyle looks at it is might I need this player? It's like if you follow a flow chart, the answer is yes, I might need this player. Which player helps me more? And then you follow the flow chart. Is it, you know, is it rude to this? Is it mean to this player to keep him around? Is not on there. Or does this guy deserve a shot somewhere else? Is not on there. Or, you know, is this a distraction for my team? Is just not on there.
2: I think it would be if he felt it legitimately was. Because I'm with you, the rude to the player deserve none of that shit means a goddamn thing to him. That's his Belichick. If it's a distraction to his team, and I'm not saying this would be, I do think he would remove it. If it's an internal distraction, I would agree with you, yes. I don't think this feels like, like, why I
1: just watch the quarterbacks a lot interact, even when the drill's done. It's a pretty good little room there. Like, they got a good little vibe. And I do think, If I was like in Trey Lance's ear, I'd be like, Trey, just keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. You saw what happened last year. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. Brock, who knows? Keep it up. Keep it up. Sam, if he has to play, who the hell knows? Keep it up. Keep it up. Like,
2: that's what I would be saying to Trey. And I think that's what Trey should be saying to himself. Just keep it up. And you could counter-argue me by saying it's way less weird now that it's kind of established he's a backup player, right? Last year it was weird because wait you're gonna keep Jimmy he's gonna be his backup like the variables he's gonna be a first tier starter. Right. right. This year's like yeah, he's the backup. <laughs> That's probably what they would tell you. Like the the, the roles are very established. Like he knew yeah. coming in what the situation was. There's no we're not doing guessing games here, right? There's no beside a couple of YouTube channels that think he has an opportunity to start that doesn't actually exist in real life, right? And, and but part of it and listen I don't think Kyle necessarily cares. I mean there are. You know, like Grant, for example, he's very anti-Purdy and very pro-Trey, like believes he should be starting, right? And then there are people like Silver who, you know, are kind of pushing, like he should get cut. So, I mean, there are extremes on both But I think those are two
1: different things almost, right? Like like I think part of Grant's point is like, will you try and develop this guy? He doesn't get to play. He hasn't gotten the shot. Whereas Silver is – it's funny that they argue with each other because I think they're coming from a different place. Silver's just going, I'm just telling you guys what the real situation – what the situation might be, right? Whether you disagree with it or not. This is part of the 49ers are thinking about every avenue and this is one of the avenues. Yeah. Tyler says that's not really Grant's take. I don't want to I don't I don't know which party's reacting to, but um I do think those are two slightly different things, but I didn't read the entire thread. Those two went at it for a while uh, on Twitter. Okay. But when I see Grant on Thursday, I'll I'll clarify exactly his take and then I can report back to you, John.
2: Yeah, there's just a lot of people that think Trey's getting screwed, and that's just that's not the way the NFL works. You know, it's just it's it's a production based business, coaches, players, and sometimes you get hurt and you get wally pipped. I mean, it's just the the nature. It's happened to a million players. It happened to fucking Pate Manning. I mean, it well, just it happens to everybody.
1: Th- there's this feeling, and I'm seeing some of the comments that are like, um. You know, there are people that believe in Darnold and don't believe in Trey. That's true. Then there's also, I think Darnold's here for a reason, and I think it's because Kyle wants him to be backup quarterback. That statement is not a statement of how good I or you think Darnold is or think Trey is. It's kind of reading the tea leaves. And I know the fact that Silver was one of 20 major media members, who predicted that the Niners were going to draft Mac Jones gets used against him and gets used against every other person that said they're going to pick Mac Jones. And I'll repeat what I've said. we get got new people here every day. I'll repeat what I've been saying the whole time. A, they did like Mac Jones, and it was between Trey and Mac. I think you should be alarmed. Which when, is insanity. When 20 people, whatever the number was, I'm making up the number, all say the same thing. And the simple explanation, everyone just went, oh, all these people are idiots. They all got it wrong the same way. And I think the question everybody should ask is, why did they all have the same incorrect information? And I think it was because they had incorrect inside information, not incorrect guesses. I think some of them were guessing. But in other words, I wouldn't invalidate anybody's take based on they thought the Niners were going to take Mac Jones. Because I'm sure there were some people in that building that were biting their fingernails, hoping that Kyle
2: didn't, because they understood that Kyle did like him. Yeah, like, like probably an which would have been, I mean, probably closer to love. I mean, he traded up twelve to three, thinking in his mind, maybe. before he really dove into Trey. I mean, he's kind of admitted it. I mean, he loved Mac. Yeah, which thank God, thank God, Where I, I no The other, I heard him say this. What did he say, say to Kawakami? Did it, why did you say at twelve to get Mac Jones? Like we would have been jumped by. He, said he knew for a fa- He said he knew of it. His- it's just such a lie. It, he it, said multiple what, teams would have taken him. Yeah. Do you know what pisses me off about coaches? But that's what he thinks. That's a, we don't. What, that can't what it be. What really does is is their fucking ability in the draft. So often it's just so out of touch. Kyle is so good as a schemer, and that, like that's his baby. Like you're thinking on the draft and, and just the, the mechanics of it and the information. That ain't your baby. Like your ability with value and shit is just that's fucking laughable. I remember texting with a, a buddy on the chiefs is like, you know, if he doesn't go three, we've talked about it, joking around. Like, where does Mac Jones go? Assuming bill just like, you know, that was the only potential. It's like, they thought like, could he be there when we pick? I mean, he could, he could just plummet. He was not viewed beside Kyle, and Bill really was more just like, we need a quarterback. I don't think Bill viewed him, right, clearly as like his next Tom Brady. Hell, I bet Bill liked Jimmy Garoppolo more than Mac Jones, right? Just in a vacuum, not necessarily obviously drafted Mac higher. But this notion that other teams were going to trade up for him. Well, Jimmy's better than Mac Jones so far. Kyle, you didn't take Mac Jones and he fucking fell and no one else traded beside for other players. What the fuck are you talking about? Like that... The, 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 the overall, and this gets back to the the scouted me with coaches dealing with the draft, is their ideas on shit are just wrong. It's why so many people just stay out, man. Like, well, it, we want to know who you like or whatever, but let us deal with the values and the mechanics of it all because your view of talking to your buddy, like, you, you, you're just wrong. <laughs> I mean, you just are. We spend 12 months a year talking and thinking about this. You come in around the combine Kyle doesn't even, because they don't even go, they come in around fucking after free agency like, oh, what's going on with the draft, guys? <laughs> I was like, yeah, nice to see you. <laughs> Been doing this since the s- last summer. That, that, that's embarrassing, honestly. Like Kyle, I people, you know, with my Trey Lance tweet thing, I'm a Kyle bootlicker. But Kyle, you did not take him, and then nobody traded up to get him. What do you mean <laughs> people are going to trade up over you like wouldn't people have gotten aggressive to try to get the guy he's a quarterback we see it every year people trade up to get quarterbacks the the cardinals did it with Rose. remember 50 everyone does yeah it's like that's just the nature especially when there are multiple quarterbacks because there was fields and mac
1: and i think mac was pretty well connected to the patriots it's not like people were fooled right teams knew the patriots that's another
2: example right so if someone really wanted him, they would have at least got to 14 they would have known you got to get ahead of new england That's fucking laughable, but he, I I believe to his core, he believes that. It's just not right information because we just saw it play out. He would have got fourteen.
1: I think they've they've had to. They made a desperate, you know, they acted out of desperation when they traded up in
2: that draft. Here's where he might be correct if he, 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 but he said multiple teams. If he said the Patriots would have jumped us for Mac, okay, believable, right? They took him a little desperate, even though that's not really Bill's mo. But if, if he would have said that, we think the Patriots would have jumped us. I would not be arguing. But he said like teams, and I think he believes it to his like to his deathbed. Some of these coaches' ideas. Maybe somebody's told.
1: Maybe a coach has told him that. Like, yeah, man, we're gonna move up. Sure. <laughs> Tyler just gave us ten bucks.
2: Thanks, buddy.
1: Um, anything else on this silver before we get to uh, the internet? No, I got more quarterback uh, reporting to get to. But uh, so <laughs> this situation obviously devolved the other day after you said Trey can't complete a wheel route on the Internet. There should be a little thing on on Twitter that says, like, after two Tito's, like a little instead of like from where you. Uh, but um, or doesn't mean this literally is making a larger point, but I don't think that matters. So you sent me this yesterday. I,
2: listen, I'm not above searching my name. I I don't, I, I definitely did a lot when I was younger. I don't have Twitter on my phone. I, I try to avoid it at all costs consistently over the course of a day. If I don't non like football stuff, I did not search this out again, not above it. Fabian, a listener of the show had tagged me in this talking shit to these guys. This is how I was alerted to the tweet. Uh, and the tweet the main tweet whatever like i i people have said way worse and they will continue to it was the the first comment to so glad i got off the middle cough train while back dudes sucks and is a weirdo not gonna deny being a weirdo we're all a little different it was the (laughs) comment that really honestly for about an hour before i shared it with a lot of people Maybe look in the mirror, like, am I a bad guy? Am I a scumbag? Then I took a screenshot, shared it with several group chats, got a lot of LOLs. I know you, a lot of people, I think, legitimately laugh because it is funny. I laugh funny. very hard. It is funny. Now, here's the thing. The first comment to Middle Cop's a weirdo, he sucks, is, and you, you would have to be included in this unless I had an intern post, I don't know, like my Walnut Creek place that I've forgotten about. I interned for him in college, and he didn't bother to learn my name. And I, when I sent this to you, because this, this is a shot of the character. This is a shot at kind of the core of who you are as a person. Like, this you says, treat people yeah, under you, self
1: absorbed, like ignores people who can't help him. Yeah.
2: Just, you could even keep it more. Piece of shit. This yeah. guy is just what the casual person, if they ever came in contact, just a piece of shit. Yeah. And I, when I forwarded you this and got some laughs, I legitimately asked, did we have interns? Because I, I looked at Maria last night, I said, I don't think, and I, with the Eagles, with Fresno State, when we had a radio show, I've been around other, like we've had interns in the building, but I've never had an intern that was like, that's Middlecoff's intern, you know, <laughs> right. that's Middlecoff's assistant. Like right. there have been like people, especially the radio, there were interns. Elena, remember, would help out producers and they're they countless. And I'd be the first to say I wasn't locked in just because you're an intern doesn't mean I've been an intern. No one gives a shit about you. But we we didn't have like Habram Middlecoff and their intern nine or eight or whatever. Like, what the fuck? But that that shot at my character it did did like was I a piece of shit? Then I came to the realization I've never even had an intern. It, the the
1: funny part to me is like you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. It's a point of it makes us laugh when we talk about this stuff. It it got so bad at that radio station, and there are people new here that don't know that maybe we've been doing a podcast since twenty sixteen uh since we uh, left radio in the bay area um but uh that there they created a communal work area a bullpen and you and i still insisted on going into our own little office and closing the door which i would still defend that decision to this day like i'm here talking loudly we're trying to collect ideas prepare for a show high pressure environment we should be able to go somewhere and close the door They rolled a big ass round table into that room and removed all the chairs to kind of to prevent us from using and then mandated us that we had to work in a public space. I say all that to say that in an honest revisiting of of our behavior in that environment, we had blinders on, put our head down and and basically just talk to our producer.
2: I I am not coming here to this podcast and acting or or. Condoned be the wrong word because I did believe, but I would say that my actions were not great consistently in my time there, especially post like the, the guy that hired us once he left became a bad person in terms to upper management. But I would say people under us, I'm bad with names, again, didn't have an intern. Uh, Directly on their show, like I think there might have been one that represented a, a out you know, maybe six in the morning till noon and then noon, whatever. could be wrong. Uh, and if this is true, i I do apologize, but i I do believe I'm pretty confident that this is this is false fake news
3: <laughs> well
2: <laughs> i I think there's a good shot that it's true
1: <laughs> now well, I, think- I think your argument is we you. And I, we did not have a personal intern. You're saying if there were interns, they interned, or not if there were interns, they were interns, and they interned for the station and got assigned to a show and worked closely with a producer. And 100%. Yeah. I'm not saying interns didn't exist. And we're we're just told, like, don't look John in the eyes, basically.
2: Yeah. I'm a much better human being in 2023 than I was in 2000. Uh, We'd be pretending. 15.
1: Yeah. If we revisited the, uh, if they made a 30 for 30, I, I don't think all the footage would
2: be pretty. I, I'd i say Greg Papa, fuck you, get out of my face is something that I regret not saying to the guy. <laughs> but, but Greg didn't say that to an intern. He said that to the boss. But it was one of those, it's like... Deserved it. D- does, you know... Would you got Joel Embiid on the team? Does he is the coach actually in charge or is he in charge?
1: Well, it's right? one of those like, well, who's the coach? If it's David Blatt, like, yeah, get out of my face. Yeah. I'm LeBron. <laughs> and that was the situation there, even though David Blatt won a lot more in his own right than you know, the person that we're talking about.
2: Do you, do you have any uh, learned keys to remembering names? Say three times in your head. Do you, do you have a type it into your phone?
1: Uh, well, one of my things is I've just decided, like, I'm not going to feel bad about asking again. It's better to just say, I'm sorry. Tell me your name again and just be straight up about it. Then or I know you told me, but can you remind me uh, like that is way better than what's up, boss? You know, um, see you, buddy. That That's. You know, and I say that to people that whose name I know. I don't say boss, but like that would be my key. Is like I think people will appreciate if you forget, just
2: tell me again. And so uh, the uh, the three M Open last weekend, which it felt it was an awful, t- you know, it was a relevant tournament. This guy named Lee Hodges won it. Alabama product. The coach for Alabama showed up on Saturday. He had a big lead to watch him the next two days. It was going to be his first PJ tour win. He won it. And the, the, there was a lot of on CBS, like the the head coach at Alabama golf, who's been there forever, uh, was there like Alabama polo falling wrong. Nance talking to him. Well, I think Nance is off, but you know, whoever the backup is with Immelman, right? So he's, he's a big part, Alabama, after the PJ tour tweeted out this video of, because Saban and this guy are pretty close. the the golf coach. And I think Saban's a big golf guy, supports all the guys on tour, calls him and they put him on speakerphone to talk to Lee Hodges, who's probably like 27, 28 years old. And they put it on. And clearly, you know, classic SEC guy, root, you know, can't wait for football season. But But he calls Nick, pal, buddy, and champ or something. He's like, thanks, pal. Thanks, buddy. This is Lee talking to Nick, congratulating how much fun he had watching. He was watching every step of the way. And then it was just Lee Hodges after the fact quoted like the, the PGA Instagram, like that's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done. I was more nervous talking to coach Saban after my PGA victory than I was during the victory. My point is like, sometimes your head's not all there working correctly.
1: Um, somebody wrote, I've, I lost the comment, but, uh, maybe name tags, you know, the beauty of name tags is it does help you learn the name without the name tag. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think a deep, it, I don't know. I don't know if a deep interview process of all the people that interned for us would put either again, guy, we did play. not
2: have interns. We did not have interns. I've never had an intern. We had interns in the operation, which if I didn't know your name, I go back and forth, right? Like I knew Elena's name. Like, I, I just think I'm not trying to shit on anyone, but there were, I've been intern places. People don't I'm not trying to act better than anybody. I think my life resume would speak to that. But it's like, part of the reason Elena's
1: name was eventually she got the job there and just you worked with her a lot. Maybe that was part of it. You're, you're just you, not your name two weeks in. Maybe not.
2: Yeah, you're just not guaranteed. There there have been a lot of coaching interns that are due Staley and don't turn into a lifelong dominant coach. Right. A lot of interns like who's this guy? Not very. But good just the, the team bottom team. line is this was correct. <laughs> Potentially
1: correct, Pot- potentially yeah. believable, believable, believable. Yeah. Colin says, "Can the record show that it's more expensive to cut Trey fourteen point six million than to keep him at nine point three million, and uh, and a ten point three million in dead cap in twenty twenty four per over the cap?"
2: I don't think my pushback to to Silver would be given how he's clearly progressed. And given his character, I, I don't think cutting him is on the table. If he is not on the team in 2023, which would, I'm sure, take place. I guess you never know. There could be an injury, but so it could happen sooner. But around the cut deadline, it would be a trade. I I, I think cutting him is, you don't need to cut him. The yeah, only way I to me I he's not really... on the roster would be trade. I do think a trade would be depending on the value and who's well, trading. The value, like, well, what's the value going to be?
1: To me, it's not better than a fourth round pick, right? And that's best. I think fourth round pick is best case scenario for a guy who saying, might end up playing games for you.
2: Well, my point is if the organization views that they're better off without him here, whether we could disagree on it all day long, cutting him is dumb if you can get something for him, which I think obviously they know they would try to trade him, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, but are you, you're taking on, you're, you, it's going to cost you money to acquire. Is there going to be a competition for teams that want to give you a fifth round pick? No, probably not. So why wouldn't that team wait for him to be cut? Just because you think he's not getting cut? Well, yeah, you just keep him on
2: the roster. Yeah. There are players on your team, on every good team, that you would contemplate trading, but if not, you just keep, right? Not every player is cut or trade, right? It's like, we'll play with this guy. But you want, like right now, if someone called and offered a first-round pick for Drake Jackson, right? Would the Niners have to do it? Yep pretty risky though what if the guy became a really good passer well i mean part of that evaluation is like do you think that, that's, a ba- that, that's a bad that's a bit that's a bad comp it's like uh that's
1: a good one because part of it is like do what do we think do we think this player will turn into a premium we've worked with him for a year do we think he's
2: going to turn into a premium
1: pass rusher well
2: who what was it was jalen Moore that went down today in practice uh yes got up hobbled off to, to look yes.
1: terrible uh left knee i don't know i have not in the car, back home, talk to Papa. So if that maybe that's been reported, what the situation is there?
2: Well, that'd be a good example. Let's just assume he hadn't got hurt. He's a backup swing tackle. Right? He is the
1: swing tackle, probably.
2: Where would you trade him? Like someone that needed a starting tackle? If they're like, hey, we'll give you, a, we'll give you a fourth round pick. Again, I'm just this is just completely hypothetical. That could shoot up if he starts 17 games and we make the playoffs to a second. You're like, fuck it, let's trade him. We'll claim another guy to get a swing like that. But you would keep Jalen Moore on your team unless someone calls you and blows you away. It's one of those, like, you're not cutting them, but you don't want to trade them, but it's like, God, this is a good deal. Like, what if this guy goes on to be a 17-game starter for the Dolphins there in the playoffs? This thing turns into pick 60. Right. Right? So it's just kind of the business you're in, which I think a lot of those conversations, sneaky, really start to pick up this next week because you start really kind of getting an idea on your team. Like, yeah, we thought this guy could play, but maybe he can't, right? Or vice versa. We actually, we were interested in your guy, but now watching our guy in pads, we feel a little more comfortable. Because these practices are about like the McCaffreys and the Warners, like just getting them in shape and keeping them healthy. It's really a lot about the Trey Lances, the Danny Grays, that like, are these guys ready to roll or are they not, right? And that's the majority of the NFL, right? The the non-22 on the field, really 23 to 50, because you got a kicker, punter, and long snapper, right? Like that kind of group. Like are guys trending up? Guys trending down? Veteran? How many veterans? Right? Are you paying seven million dollars, but it's not guaranteed? You're like, is this guy a seven million dollar player anymore? What about this seventh rounder that was on a practice squad last year who's actually as good as him? Fuck it, let's cut that guy. Keep the guy eight hundred fifty grand and let's roll. I mean that that is happening all over the league. Which then you go, well, so and so is available for trade, right? Was well, because we take your seven million dollar guy. So it's a lot of. But all this conversations really take shape after pads. Two days, probably a little quick, but I would say by like Sunday, after five, six, every team's had a long week of practices, get a better idea. Especially older players that once they make the roster week one and they play in that game, their contract's guaranteed. So that three, eight, 10, whatever million dollars or the young practice squad dude from last year who's made a step.
3: like fuck Leroy
2: it, Watson. Old. Second year offensive lineman
1: out of UTSA, 6'5, 311, former tight end. Trent Williams, I watched Trent talk the other day, and uh, he personally worked out with Lee. Like he worked Leroy out and um, likes him because he's like, he's kind of like me, like athletic. He, when Jay Moore got hurt, kind of like, like
2: me. Well, that like, yeah, ath- just like athletically, oh. <laughs> like
1: a former tight end. I mean, obviously, you're not like Trent, but 6'5, 311, John, but like a tight end history. So he's the guy that took over for Jalen Moore at tackle when when Jalen Moore got hurt.
2: Do you know who had a similar background in their career? Tight end in college and made the transition? Him too, but uh, Jason Peters, who's had a Hall of Fame career with the Eagles. Undrafted free agent, Bills, becomes a starter after a while, was originally on like kickoff And then becomes a left tackle. They started disputing over money. The Eagles said, "Fuck it, we'll trade for him and pay him." And the rest is history. So you just sometimes you never know. I mean, you can the the big heavies probably more likely to find diamonds than like the other skill positions, right? It's just it's kind of just a unique body type if you are able to hold the weight. Because I would imagine when he was a tight end, he was not that big. But yeah, put on, and I don't even know if he was a bigger tight end, two seventy five. Well, I just realized so clearly I, they like him I mean he's right on the fringe of being a backup tackle maybe
1: hard to know right like Trent it, it was near the end I, hard to know but he was drafted last Not season next up uh think was he drafted
2: or undrafted what's yeah, his name U- UTsa Leroy Watts. well Burford's UTSA too so maybe clearly they they like that school uh bronze medal he was also competed well, this guy, oh, I think right. I'm looking at the wrong guy. I'm never. I'm looking at the guy in archery, Great Britain. Wrongly, um, I didn't have Matt
1: Matt uh, Pryor on my board, but he's probably next up to be the swing tackle if we're getting into the heavy details. Um, if he wasn't already. Um, and you know, now you're going to get live reps with these guys, so you'll get a better idea whether or not he's a real option as a tackle or not. But, um. All right, you want to hear a few other things hit you with? Jake Moody, John, five of six today, good from 33, 38, 48, 53, ended practice with a 60-yarder that went right down the middle and hit the clock, so it made a big bang. He missed from 43 today. You know which direction he missed? Hooked. Yeah. Uh, Not bad, but missed it. Had a tailwind, but uh, the 60-yarder was um, strong.
2: Very strong. Mayoko tweeted that out. And again, another guy tweeting from practice, like the rules breaker, uh, that get ready for when Kyle on fourth and one rolls out the kicker for a 62-yard field goal. (laughs) Everyone's like, go for it. And then Moody comes out.
1: Uh, Greg says, the fact that you thought Watson was a draft pick kind of puts your credibility regarding the Niners in perspective. All right. (laughs) I didn't think he was a draft pick. I didn't know if he'd been drafted, which I think is actually... I didn't know what he was until Trent Williams mentioned him the other day. Hadn't even had this him why, on my board until Trent mentioned him the other day. This is so. why I turn off
2: the comments because I'd be talking, I'd just get in too many side anchor conversations. All right. Uh, fucking guy.
1: You know who doesn't get enough credit for practicing hard? Ray Ray McLeod. Just I want, I made that note today. Brandon Iuk more great catches. Uh, Danny Gray. I said yesterday that Danny Gray was uh, frustrated a couple times because he didn't get the ball deep and that I thought Kyle needed to just throw him anything and they did that and then his teammates cheered for him as if they kind of knew he was frustrated today they got him more balls he gets open one-on-one against womack today got open made the play um made a really nice catch over the a couple really nice catches over the middle including one from brandon allen where he kind of jumped back and made a good catch um he had one ball you'll like this one john one-on-ones doesn't get a lot of separation He's coming back towards the quarterback pass is coming and what what is what is the coaching point there john come to the football come attack to the football it. attack the football that's what he did hands out made the play dB on his back i made the note came back to the ball and as he's jogging back your boy adam peters daps him up and i think says nice job coming back to the football so
2: you know I, they probably i had, maybe a, I, was I was had, had a late one on you buddy keep making plays
1: uh they drafted him in the seventh round by the way out of michigan
2: but i thought ronnie bell has
1: he made the one-handed catch yesterday in practice he has just he seems to
2: you know he seems to kind oh, of you're, oh you're not talking about danny gray coming back to the football you're talking about a different player. um well, I about daff 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 yeah
1: i did i did mix up my notes here hold on one second <laughs> i did i said it was danny gray coming back to the ball it was ronnie bell that came back to the ball and that's who Adam Peters dapped. And up. that's who Adam Peters dapped up. Everything I said previously about Danny Gray was correct, but I got my. They, they bleed together. They bleed together right there on the board, as you can see. So, but everything I said about Danny Gray holds. And then the Ronnie Bell play was him coming back to the ball. So I I thought they made an effort. Maybe it was just happenstance. Danny Gray got the ball in intermediate spots today, which is what I think they need to try and do for him, because after every practice, it remains very clear that if the Niners are going to have a shot to hit plays down the sideline, Danny Gray is the one that can get separation. Ray Ray can also get separation. The four Niners do not throw that ball well across the board consistently. They do not place deep balls well consistently. Donald, I thought, placed an okay one to Ray Ray today. Debo had a, I mean, um, Trey Lance had a bad one to Debo yesterday. Brock had a bad one to Debo. But Debo's a hard guy to throw the deep ball to. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see them just get.
2: I wonder if Ronnie Bell, it wouldn't happen this year because he's not better than him, but in a year is like Ray Ray's replacement. I was looking on, he he returned a little bit in college. Yeah, he did. He is a special teams possibility. I'm just saying that ACL. Well, like Ray Ray ain't going to be on the team for four years, right? Right. Probably be a two-year stint, be one of those guys, couple years here, couple years there. Like, you're going to need someone to kind of play that role, and they don't really have it, right? Like, who would... Like, part of getting Ray Ray, he's a pretty good returner. Yeah. Yeah. And he plays a little bit on offense, but they don't really have... I mean, could a DB do it? I don't know. I don't. They don't really have that guy. I, again, I'm talking. Uh, this is big picture. 2024 yep. it doesn't doesn't necessarily matter because you would say Ronnie Bell's not going to make the team, but he'll be on the practice squad. Right, be my right. guess. And I think he's right? been promising enough. Like he had some drops. Danny had some
1: drops through. Uh, w- one of the main reasons I watch one on one drills is to see if guys just catch the ball. And both those guys have had drops in that drill. But I thought both had a good practice today. Uh, Drake Greenlaw crushed Christian McCaffrey today. Inappropriate.
2: What about it on between. the internet, guy. I, I mean, again, I'm fine. these things out. People tweeted it, Lombardi, and then they got up and hugged and talked it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, part of it is I wonder if Christian is not bracing for getting fully hit, but Greenlaw fully hit
2: him today. Oh, it wasn't just like an inadvertent collision; it was a tackle. It was a tackle. Yeah, it was crushed him. Came, you
1: know, second level run for McCaffrey in team, and here comes Greenlaw like a missile. Greenlaw is big on, it appears big on, um, what's the saying? Uh, Ask for forgiveness, not for permission.
2: Yeah, fuck your (laughs) ass up and then figure it out later. Apologize
1: (laughs) afterwards. My bad, man. Um, D. Winters, the rookie out of uh, TCU, had a big, had like really aggressively punch a football out. I wonder if
2: Drake Greenlaw's uh,
1: rubbing off on him,
2: so... Niners go. like guys to just haul ass and hit people hard.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot of like, hey, hey, hey none of that. I don't know. <laughs> if somebody said it, I missed it.
2: Most teams, you know, their D linemen piss the coach off a lot at any moment when the linebackers can create chaos for the Niners, right? I mean, just deplete someone. Fred it's... had a soft but a tackle in goal line today. Warner. I would say the goal line situation a little more difficult. Like, I understand the open, the kind of the two-hand touch. These guys are pro athletes, especially the Green Laws. Like, they've been doing it long enough. They kind of know what they're doing. The goal line, like, what am I supposed to do? Just stop my feet and get run over? You know I mean? He ain't going slow. I Andy goes full live, and the Chiefs do. Right? Would you be opposed to going full live goal line? Most teams don't do it, really, but.
3: I mean, it basically, what the
1: hell
2: yeah, is the, the difference? I don't know. I don't know that it. I mean, you're not like flying over the pile and interacting at the top like Walter Payton. Stuff. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll say like um, though Greenlaw the, and those guys probably would. I mean, they if you told them it's live, you can do that. Wouldn't they do it? Yes. Well, they kind of do. You know, the one thing that's unfair watching practice: is
1: running backs, like the defense gets coached up to punch the ball out. And then eventually like seven guys have punched you repeatedly when you're 20 yards downfield. Running back pushes back. One of them today hit Isaiah Oliver in the head, and Isaiah Oliver with their hand, like open head slap on the ear. And Isaiah Oliver was like, hey, man, what are you doing? And I kind of side with the running back. Like, they they get the shit punched out of their rib cage because everyone's been
2: coached up to get the ball out throughout the play. It's crazy. Well, it's the Shaquille O'Neal. Like, how many times are they just allowed to bang on me before I can shove back? Like, I get what they're doing, but eventually, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to snap.
1: <laughs> yeah. And
2: that's how fights start. So,
1: all right. uh, On that note, I think we hit uh, the big headlines today. Niners are off on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, we'll be – I'm working through grading systems. I I, I didn't abandon throws above replacement, but I think the golf thing really kind of – it's a good way to go through two of six and five of sevens, whatever. Like, imagine throws are three-pointers. You're like, Steph was two of six today and Clay was five of seven.
2: Oh, my God. Like doesn't tell me anything. We so. also taught a good life lesson. What's that? If you're at the office right now, and even if the guy does not, not only not answer to you, you rarely see him. Learn the guy's name because in seven years, that guy might think you're a scumbag if you just walk by. The funny thing is that story. I know that that has been shared like with a bunch of people over
1: the years. You know, oh. <laughs> like how many people are out there? Like you know that thing about Middlecoff doesn't
2: know interns' names. That's what I heard. Just saying. But you, it's not talk like that. Like bad guy, d bag, scumbag, <laughs> treats people treats people poorly. That's right. You know, probably type guy that kick a dog. You know, that's just that's just the way I'm perceived in that you guy's little world. <laughs> Never would. Like I, I supported Jordan Addison. If if you love something, Jordan Addison, what does he do? Unconditionally, whether it be a wife, a child, a parent, or an animal, he was going 140 miles an hour at 3 a.m. Do you see that? Story? When was He's this last week? Couple of weeks oh, ago, right before break. right before training camp, 140 miles an hour, 3 a.m. Yeah, turns out he's completely sober. Nothing wrong. Dog emergency. Thought the dog was gonna die. He was screaming to the vet. What kind of car was he driving? Well, I mean, how many cars go 140 miles an hour? I mean, it was. I would imagine. You know, it was a poor. It was something nice. I mean, yeah. It was, yeah. wasn't. It I'm wasn't like saying, a like Ford F one fifty. Right. If it's a Ford F one fifty,
1: it's like no one thinks he's racing right if he's going one even make it 125 in a suburban's like god where is he going if you're going fast in a sports car we just assume you're being a dickhead
2: i just fully support sober unconditional love whoever that is in your life and that for many people is a pet you do anything to save a life and and assuming he's telling my whole thing was assuming he's yeah. assuming he's telling the truth assuming he's telling the truth could be if it's a lie that's a bad lie that makes it even worse but if he's telling the truth uh, there's a big difference of like clearly he was sober, you know, because usually you get taken over a certain mile an hour. It's a good question because once you get pulled over, you're like looking the you know dogs huffing and puffing. Uh,
1: Comment says he was in a Lambo Uranus, so that's
2: that's yeah. A I bad mean, there's car. only I, I didn't know the car, but there there is a small percentage of cars I think that you could go that fast. 140. Yeah, I mean 140. There's a big difference like 140 and like 110. Right. Think how fast yeah. 30 miles an hour is. Yeah. The average golf carts going like 12. I mean, 30 fast. So you do 30 miles an hour over one like
1: doing like three.
2: <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I, yeah. Do they have the governor or are they just like gas? Uh,
1: I don't know. How do I tell?
2: Well you can tell if they're gas No, it's, or, not. You know, it's not gas. They're just terrible. They're it's old. a
1: plug-in. It's electric. Yeah, it's like
2: there's mode. no governor like if you go the wrong spot it stops. You gotta back up. Or they're just terrible golf carts.
1: It's uh it's not GPS tracked, though. No. Yeah, so you're good. Um all right, on that note, uh hit that subscribe button if you're still here. If you're here, just I mean there's a bunch of you, just hit that like button. Just hit it, just real quick, just hit the like button. You can you know what? We accept spite likes. A spite like. Just like a fuck you, guys. I'm gonna like it. You know that's a, that's a, that's also acceptable. So uh, we appreciate that. Anything else? No. Justin Verlander back on the Astros. Saw that. Bo Giants team almost team got him. Oh, kicked so their cool. ass. What a move by the Mets, by the way. Just sign these guys to trade them for prospects. Actually, kind of a genius way to rebuild. Uh,
2: I don't think they backfire, meant to, but backfired in their face. I mean, they they were not planning on this. <laughs> no, they were not. I do give them credit. Like, this guy, I would say the George Steinbrenners, the Al Davises, once they do that, have much more, like... Now, money was different in their primes, but much more prideful. Like, fuck you guys, I'm not trading these guys. Cohen is much more belichick in market. Like, this is not working, boom, trade them.
1: Yeah, and it's like, hey, let's get rid of the money, even though we're paying, I don't know what they paid a Verlander's deal, but they
2: paid... Th- like- th- well, they 30, a Scherzer, or whatever. Okay, yeah. But let's just get prospects, and let's, let's not... um Stay too long here. Why well, would bet on Otani staying, but is there any doubt in your mind that the largest offer will come from that man this offseason? <sighs> no. So then he'll take
1: it. He's not going to well, take the not, biggest not, offer? Not,
2: well, a lot of people think that he likes the West Coast and he would stay with the Angels. Like, it's very easy for him. The Angels are yeah. sneaky playing pretty well, I saw. Yeah, they got to get Mike Trout to the playoffs. They're like 12-5 and five or something since the All-Star break. Inspired baseball. But what if it's just... What if it's just reported like Steve Cohen has offered Shohei Ohtani four years, seven hundred million? Or, you know, it's just <laughs> just
1: the just the the PIP, the PIP contract, the Saudi the Saudi Impact
2: yeah. uh, Fund. Let's roll contract. It's weird, you know. Phil took a lot of shit, and then all of a sudden, once Mbappe's number, did LeBron, take... and everyone's like, "I'll just go." It's like, well, did wait, Mbappe I we take the seven hundred million? No, denied it. I think. No. Would you want to play
0: soccer over there? So fucking hot. <laughs>